Hi there, and welcome back to The Infected. It's been a while since our last episode, mainly because I enjoyed some weeks off in Spain, and now Jeroen will be traveling to America for some weeks, right? Yes, definitely. Right now, we have a window of opportunity to record, so let's not waste too much time and dive right into it. Some great music lined up for you. Starting with an amazing new beat track by HNO3 called Donut Dollies. This is extremely dangerous. Please don't anybody try this.
So that was Donut Dollies. And we played some new beat before from Shakti with the track Forbidden Dreams. I'm not sure if you remember. Maybe uh, second or third season. Anyway, this is a nice and dark one again. And it was made by a famous Belgian DJ from the 80s called Erik Bijsen. He was a resident DJ in the world-famous Boccaccio Club and La Roca Club. Uh, have you been there by any chance? In La Roca, never. No, no. I did go to uh, High Street in uh, just uh, across the border from the Netherlands. High Street was a very famous new beat uh, disco. Uh, lots of uh, always police officers uh, trying to catch you when you came out and wanted to go back uh, on the road to the <laughs> Netherlands. Uh, lots of guys on uh, motor motorbikes. It was really uh, uh, a crazy scene. The new beat scene. Yeah, there's a there's a nice documentary on YouTube, by the way, about uh, the mega discotheques from Belgium, from from the 80s and early 90s. It's really really cool to see. Anyway, Eric Bijsen, the creator of this track, died unfortunately in 2016 from from cancer. The story behind New Beat is as follows, by the way. The there was a track called Flash. I'm not sure by who that was played for a Joey split Beltram. second in what? <laughs> Joey Beltram. Oh, it's Joey Beltram. That was played for a split second in 1987 in Club Boccaccio at 33 RPM. So 33 rounds per minute, that's quite slow. It should be should have been played at 45, but the crowd reacted so well that this was the start of a whole new genre. And it was yeah, mostly recognizable because of its slow tempo, like 90 to 120 beats per minute tops. And usually some samples with uh, sexual references in there. And uh, yeah, that's that's new beat for you, created in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I strongly uh, remember uh, the Lords of Acid. Yeah, another with, one. With uh, the great track, I Sit on Acid. Um, that's a <laughs> that's, good one. Uh, if, you, if you look that up, the, at their live show is, uh, is really filthy, but, uh, you know, worth uh, checking out. Um, but it was uh, Energy Flash by Joey Beltram is the track that, you, uh, uh, that, that you've been. It's that, uh, it. a real killer. Yeah, great track. Um, I can remember a couple of years back you tipped Public Relations with the song Public Relations to me, also a killer one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but there were, there's some great acts there like Liaison D and Cat Trance and um, there's uh, a lot of those bands from that time who were playing this really slow, slow hard sort of mixture of Eurobeat, uh, Acid House, Detroit, uh, but it's a really um, particular Belgian uh, subgenre which uh, conquered the world uh, for, uh, for a couple of years yeah. there. Yeah, you know your stuff. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it, yeah. Donut Dollies is really not one of the n- names I knew before. How did you find out about them? Oh, uh, a friend of mine, Dave, we've mentioned him before on the show. He he mixes a lot um, and he had a new beat mix and I said, what the hell, what, what is this track? It was the first one he played and it was HNO3 with Donut Dollies. And uh, yeah, I looked it up and it's on Spotify with a hundred thousand listens so far, I believe. And there's much more I found out. Oh, that's not so bad for something uh, which is uh, that old on Spotify. Yeah, and so. and quite obscure, may I add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you really have to look for it to f- to find it, I guess. But, uh. Yeah. So that uh, we'll put the uh, link to the uh, Belgian New Beat uh, TV show in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah. And you'll get it if you uh, go to our website and you uh, subscribe. You will get the show notes in your email automatically every time that we uh, upload a new uh, episode. Um, 
this has subtitles. However, the subtitles are also in Dutch. <laughs> so I'm not sure whether that's, that's going to really help out. But uh, just for the dancing and for the music <laughs> and for the people is already worthwhile checking out. Exactly. And check out how they danced to it, for instance, how that looked. Yeah. So for our next track, let's take you back, even further back in time. Um, back to 1991. Because uh, we're going to be playing a track by Children on Stun. Uh, this is uh, a track called Sidelined. Um, Children on Stun were formed in August 1991. So this is uh, their very, very early work. They took their name from a song by the band The March Violets. Yeah, I know them. And, uh, yeah, uh, actually uh, our friend Dusty and, uh, and his band are produced by Tom, the guitarist uh, from uh, The March Violets. Um, so uh, there's, a, there's a little link there. Um, the band's first gig took place at a club called The Crypt in Hastings. And in the same year, the band also recorded their first demo. Um, and they uh, did a tour supporting uh, the goth rock band Rosetta Stone when they were on tour in the UK. So that's a nice way to start out with your new band, already uh, being able to support one of those really well-known acts at the time. So in 1994, they released their first album, Tourniquets of Love, uh, Desire. This album was well received within the UK goth scene and it made the band really popular. And this is also the band that you will find sidelined, which we'll play in a minute, on. From then on, in the summer of 1994, they had a couple of changes in the band. Um, their bass player left the band and Kyle Whip joined the band as their new bass player. They played their first show with the new lineup in 95 at London's Camden Underworld. Now that sounds like a club that I would have liked to visit, the Camden Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in 97 they released a second album, but in 1998 the band announced that they would be splitting up and they played their final gig at the Camden Underworld on 24th of May 1998. The live CD of this show is quite good. It's called Seven Year Itch. But first, let's listen to uh, some of their classic work. This is Children on Stun with Sidelined.
great track, sidelined. I've never heard of Children on Stun before, <laughs> but I should have. It's a, I also checked some of the other uh, songs that they made. It sounds really kick-ass. And I'm glad you dragged us back into the darkness <laughs> with some classic ri- ripping track from, from the early days. <laughs> In the dark 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that um, they reconvened 17 years later on uh, in May 2015 uh, when they played a reunion gig and announced they would be oh. reforming. Wow. Uh, but sadly, two months later, the guitarist Simon Manning uh, died in his sleep from a heart attack. So um, instead of uh, starting a, a new life uh, together with him uh, in October, they held a charity yeah. funding uh, fundraising birthday party in memory of Manning. They were joined by his long-term bandmate and friend Stuart Harper, who stood in his place. The money raised was split between the British Heart Foundation and the Sophie Lancaster Foundation because he died of a heart attack. The band decided to continue after that with Stuart Harper joining permanently on guitar, playing more charity events in memory of Manning and releasing a limited edition CD. They're still playing. Um, They do a lot of shows and and they're still giving all their proceeds to uh, different charities uh, who uh, are working on uh, making sure that people can deal with heart disease. So um, so you can still uh, go and see them because uh, they're out. They're out there together and they're touring. Children on Stun. Stun, is that like, that's like sedated or something, right? Stunned. Yeah. Or yeah, if you're stunned, it's like you're reeling um, and, and you're unable to act for, uh, for a yeah. moment. Uh, or uh, when you have been tasered, for instance, that's also a situation where you have been stunned and you're not able to do anything. There you go. I got another ripper for you all. And it's a band called Ulterior. They don't exist anymore because they stopped in 2014, unfortunately. They are uh, from London, England. It's a post-punk band formed in 2006. And I saw them live at the Grauzone Festival in 2012 in Amsterdam. It was a great festival, by the way. There were uh, Echo and the Bunnymen were there. Chameleons Vox, that's like the chameleons, but he doesn't have the right to call the band the chameleons anymore. But you know who I'm talking about. Great act. But uh, I must say, uh, all those old heroes, they, they kind of let me down sometimes on the stage. And there was a side act that was ulterior and they freaking rocked so hard that I uh, immediately bought their album right then and there at the merch stand. It's called The Bleach Room and uh, still play it. I haven't really looked back to uh, ulterior that much and uh, found out they disbanded. But uh, Enough talking, let's listen to it. Great guitar sound, by the way.
What a track, right? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was so great to see them live. Their whole performance was uh, out of this world. I just googled, by the way, in the background, what in vitro would stand for. It sounds like something that means something, of course. Yep. It is um, outside the living body and in an artificial environment. So it's like a test tube kind of thing. Yeah, like test tube babies. Yeah that or an egg fertilized in vitro so yeah that's that's it couldn't find much about the about these guys by the way because they uh, weren't around for quite a long time and uh, they didn't really cut through oh great band what i like is that the the guitarist uh, the bass uh, both get bass and the guitar have a great sound uh, but the guitarist also manages to not play all the time Right? So it's this wall of sound when they really get going together. But he uh, is really great at dosing uh, his guitar riffs and mm -hmm. uh, he cuts back every now and then or he just plays a rhythm in the background and then it becomes much more dynamic and more interesting for the entire song. So uh, really well executed gothic rock. Thank you. Uh, also, one thing I did find out that the lead singer is a former professional football player. Oh, really? <laughs> Paul McGregor. Yeah, really. And he, uh. he and his brother did the synthesizers, he did the vocals, and then there were two other members, but yeah, I couldn't find out more. 
So I guess they weren't too bothered about uh, becoming famous uh, with this if he was already a professional football player. I, I think, I think so. it's probably more of a hobby thing uh, then. But uh, That could, could just be the case. Uh, now I'm wondering what club he played for, but I'm sure you uh, didn't manage to find that out, did you? No, no. Also not a big football fan. No. <laughs> Soccer. I, I Soccer. Figured. Soccer. <laughs> no, I figured you wouldn't. Uh, right. No worries there. So uh, it's, uh, you know, all the cliches about football players uh, being shallow and uh, not cultural are uh, basically proven to be untrue by uh, ulterior. Yeah. Out the window. Right. So uh, let's uh, continue with uh, more guitar yeah. player stuff. Now that we've uh, already embarked on this, uh, on this journey. Um, the next track that I will play... Um, I'm sure you'll all know this track, at least I hope you do. It's a track by The Smiths, where Johnny Marr was the genius guitar player that provided the music and the production as a backdrop for singer Morrissey to shine. Johnny Marr is an amazing guitar hero whose, whose work is not all that well known outside of his fans. He's a true genius musician, his guitar layering and production skills are brilliant and this is one hell of a live mix which will play for you and a fantastic performance. Timing and tones from the vocals and the instruments are impeccable. And what's really impressive here are his live vocals. Obviously, Johnny Marr played together with Morrissey. They've fallen out after. Basically, Morrissey is in a fight with the whole world, so also including his old bandmates. And they've got, his vocals have gotten so much better over the years uh, because Johnny Marr has to sing this by himself. Now, I won't say Johnny Marr is topping Morrissey's vocals, but when I first heard this version, I didn't really miss Morrissey, which is saying a lot. Also, um, bassist Andy Rourke deserves a special mention for laying down that fat groove that makes this track even more special. I'm still sad about the recent loss of Andy Rourke, another exceptional musician whose contribution to the Smiths cannot be exaggerated. The um, Crazy Face Factory, uh, by the way, is Johnny Marr's place, which is uh, where this was recorded. And we'll include the YouTube link in the show notes so that you can see them actually playing it live because the track you hear is uh, a one-take, completely live played track. Johnny Marr, in his own words about uh, the Crazy Face Factory, says, uh, To me it's more than a workplace. It's where I chase my ideas, dreams of music, imagination and plans. Industrial and industrious. I spend days on end there, nights there alone. It's called a comet, it is Armatopia, it is where I live. It's fever dreams, it's everything to me. So Fever Dreams, the last part of that quote, refers to his 2022 album Fever Dreams, which was recorded in isolation during Covid. It's also worth a listen, it has a wide set of influences and a really expansive sound. Introspective, but with many strands of music. Check it out, but first, let's go listen to How Soon Is Now by Johnny Marr live at the Crazy Face Factory. Shine as that is crazy. 
Man, I, li- I love this. It's the, my favorite track, by the way, from uh, The Smiths or Johnny Marr. And uh, the mood is so amazing. And the voice of Johnny Marr compared to Morrissey takes some getting used to, but it's really fitting. And he can sing quite well. I haven't heard him sing before, to be honest, but... Uh, Yeah, yeah I love it. This is this track has everything. I was looking for what I like most about this track, and I got down basically to: I love the drums, I love the bass guitar, I love, especially love that slide guitar that comes in yeah. with a, with a high note and then slides down, and then the lyrics that the song takes over again. It's 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 fantastically yeah. layered, and uh, obviously the lyrics themselves are also, as you as Morrissey uh, can write, very very human um, and very open and vulnerable. Uh, which make it uh, a fantastic song. This is just yeah. a monumental uh, post-punk track. Agree. I also like that tremolo sound in the back, you know? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so dreamy. Yeah. And it's uh, fantastic because you don't think that's a guitar part, right? Every normal guitarist would think like, oh, that's a funny sound, and now let's try and come up with a riff. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hugely powerful. Yeah, Johnny Moore also has his own version of the Fender Jaguar, by the way. That's not a real selling success by Fender. It's basically a guitar for the from, from the surf rock days, surf days. And he really adopted it. It has a shorter neck. It has, has a lot of switches and a big, big solid body. But um, Johnny has been such an advocate that they made a special version called the Johnny Moore version. Huh. And it's... Uh, The, the way he's playing, there are so many little extra notes and, and things going on. Uh, yeah, it's really his thing, I guess. Yeah, especially the at the end of the track also, he plays some... Uh, he basically, it's like he sprinkles notes uh, across the track. That's it's, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, that's what I mean. Our, uh, our good friend Dusty Gannon from Vision Video also is a big fan of the Jaguar guitar, by the way. I, uh, oh, okay. I think we should be playing some Vision Video again. I heard their recent single. I think uh, we may uh, play it in uh, one of our next yeah. episodes. I really like that track as well. Sounds good, Ben. And uh, I listened to that one. You've sent it to me through WhatsApp. It's a good, good suggestion. Let's do that yeah all right so thanks johnny for being a hero for, for all the time <laughs> definitely i got some more recent stuff coming up it's from 2015 at least i believe the band is called soviet soviet and the track is called ecstasy
Soviet, Soviet. So, not Soviet 6. I was confused there for a minute. Also, uh, one of the classic bands. But Soviet, Soviet is a, a band that manages to really get the urgency uh, that I really like about post-punk uh, into this track. Uh, it helps that there are not too many of them. I think it's a three-piece band by the sound of it. Yep. I like that's that. correct. That's good when you have only one guitar player. It leaves some space, and um, the the tempo, the up tempo beat, um, the the interesting way of singing. Also, of the singer, he uh, finds words halfway through the lyrics uh, in the middle of sentences, which is run away with him, and he, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he really goes for it. So, uh, very uh, very uh, nice track. He finds words. That's a nice description. <laughs> <laughs> so it does sound like that a bit, yeah, but it's probably all well thought out. They have nothing to do with Russia, by the way. They're three guys from the Adriatic coast of Pesaro in Italy. You don't hear oh. that every day, right? No. Italy with a sound like this and a band name called Soviet Soviet. Anyway, they don't waste time and they like shred hard on every track that they make. Tracks are also quite short way I like it, like around three minutes is a bit of a sweet spot. There are exceptions, but not many. Anyway, uh, I do have to say that their tracks, well, sound alike quite, quite a bit. And maybe that's because of the singing style. I don't know. It's very specific, like you just mentioned. And uh, yeah. no. I have one anecdote. In 2017, they were flying to the USA to do some promotional gigs without pay. At least that's what they said without pay. Mm -hmm. But they were interrogated for several hours, held overnight and <laughs> deported back to Italy. <laughs> they had all the right papers and waivers, but border control saw that the venues where they were going to perform, they did charge the audience an entry fee and assumed the band would also get paid. What a bummer. Ah, Can you imagine? So they were kicked out of the what country for down. being vagabonds. <laughs> Yeah, or assumed to be. It was uh, yeah, and they they went back like a year later, and they did all the gigs that they planned. But it's a great uh, way to make sure that you get paid. It's like, sorry, you have to pay me, otherwise I won't be able to enter the country. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then declare it that you actually get paid and get all the right papers. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's strict. Yeah, is this their uh, most played song, Ecstasy? Yes, it is. It has uh, just looked at 10 million listens, and that's only Spotify. So yeah, yeah there that's their most listened to track. That's the way. If you want to get plays, if you want to get plays, people uh, name your song or your podcast episode after a drug, and you'll be sure to get some extra exactly. <laughs> extra <laughs> spins from yeah, the audience. We, we, <laughs> we saw that in our statistics as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we have we have one with LSD. We have one with LSD in the track, yeah. and then that one was uh, way overplayed versus any of our other episodes. So, uh, if we're going to do more of yeah. these, uh, also the Cocaine Cowboys one did really well. So uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I did that. On, I did it on purpose. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> Anyway, I wonder how many house lovers uh, played this track hoping uh, to uh, get into a, a really nice mellow house groove and ended up uh, listening to this uh, furious track by Soviet Soviet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, furious. Yeah. I believe you have something uh, to ease us into the night, something sweet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a bit into minds whether I should play this on this show. Uh, it's a it's a really old track. It's from 1975, so even before the the pre-punk post-punk uh, period that we uh, pre the post-punk period that we uh, like to play usually, and we like dark tracks and sad songs. But this isn't a typical dark post-punk track. It's not even post-punk track. 
it's not really all that dark either. But I picked it for this show because it has exactly the sort of melancholic sadness that I like. The track I'm talking about uh, is probably a well-known track for uh, for the older part of this audience called I'm Not In Love by 10CC and it's our Infected Classic. Infected Classic. Now they've been discussing writing a love song for a long time but they did not want to write a cliche, the guys from 10CC. So I'm Not In Love was the perfect title but that has a charming backstory. Eric Stewart, one of the musicians, his wife Gloria asked him why he didn't express his love more frequently. Now at the time Eric was under the impression that repeating I love you too often would make it lose its meaning and it would become hollow and he was scared of that. So when Graham expressed his desire to write a love song, Eric suggested they'd call it I'm not in love, but then fill it with reasons why he actually was in love. Some irony added for good measure, which was typical of the sense of humor of uh, 10cc. So they've been working on the song for quite a while and they wrote all the words took it into the studio and then completed it as a bossa nova guitar song. And here is a quick clip of how that sounded. When we heard it back, everyone was underwhelmed. I think it's the best word. Nobody had the real enthusiasm to carry on with it. It sounded so underwhelming. I didn't like it particularly, I didn't get it particularly. And we all recognised there was something in there, but the, that treatment didn't really bring it to life. So when they heard that back, everybody was rather underwhelmed. Nobody had any real enthusiasm to carry on. Eric hated it. They all recognised something was in there, but that treatment did not bring it to life. They weren't sure what to do with the song, it remained unfinished for quite a while. And then an idea emerged, to use voices instead of instruments creating a massive tsunami-like effect, like an imaginary choir. The vision was clear, but this was no easy task, being just four members and um, in the mid-70s, so they had to improvise. No computers at that time. All they had was a 16-track tape recorder, so they recorded the many vocal harmonies with tape loops. So in the studio for three weeks straight, Kevin, Lol, and Graham sang tirelessly. The recordings were layered 16 times over on their 16-track machine and they ended up with an astonishing 624 voice options. The process yielding 13 separate notes spanning from top C to bottom C. And then while recording, they played these voices like a keyboard on their huge control desk. Quite hectic because all four band members had to manipulate the desk's faders at the same time to lay down these vocals. Mass harmonics bleeding together and resulting in these harmonically rich sound layers that add an enchanting charm to this track, making it truly special. Now, the song was intended to be a complete a cappella with new lead vocals to be recorded, but it all turned out differently. The beat and keyboards were assumed to be temporary, but once the vocals were laid down over it, they didn't want to touch anything anymore. They didn't want to take out the rhythm track either because there was something magic about it, so it became a permanent fixture. And then there was the guide vocal. Despite re-recording the lead vocal, eventually they just kept the initial rendition because it was so pure. And then the finishing touch was applied by the studio's secretary, <laughs> Kathy Redfield. She was called into the studio by the band and provided a last minute stroke of inspiration. They told her to sit there and she said, no, no, I can't sing, I can't sing, I don't want to do this, I can't do it, I'm not a musician. They said, just sit there and just whisper the phrase, be quiet, big boys don't cry. And repeat that a couple of times. And she repeats that halfway through the song. 
Now this track became a really big hit and it really worked well. It worked out well for Eric Stewart and his wife Gloria too, because today, 57 years later, they're still happily married. This is I'm Not In Love by 10CC.
and that's it with these uh, mysterious uh, bells tinkling in the background uh, we'll leave you uh, for uh, for this episode now don't forget about this season's tag and bag contest please give us a tag and get a shot at the bag Share our episodes on your socials and tag the Infected NL. Still have a chance to win our prized the Infected backpack, a beautiful water-resistant full logo backpack with a separate laptop section. You can check it out in the shop section of our site, where we have a special promotion for our listeners. Use the code InfectMe at the checkout and get free shipping. So tag them and bag them, link the Infected on your socials, and at the end of this season, you might be the winner of our deluxe backpack. Yeah, that's that about wraps it up. It does. It does. We've come a long way. I think uh, we had a great selection of songs, and uh, thank you for uh, for picking a couple of things which I never heard of before. Really cool. Nice, bro. And uh, enjoy your travels in the U.S., my friend. All right. We'll be a couple of weeks, but we'll definitely be back. Yep. <laughs> Stay strange.